Hi, we're the Fantasy Football Fanatics. My name is Duncan and this week I'm joined by Matt in Manchester and Andy in Tokyo. Welcome to the 100th episode, guys. Um, let's kick off, as we always do, with Football Moment of the Week. And I'm going to start with Andy, which I think, being a Man U fan, might be a fairly obvious one. Yeah, there's really only one place to start, isn't there, with Football Moment of the Week if you're a Man U fan. Um I mean, it's, it's probably one of the most watched football matches globally that has ever happened, despite the fact that it's just like Man U against Newcastle, pretty mundane fixture. Um, but yeah, the return of Ronaldo is just an amazing moment to watch as a United fan. It's, it's one of our greatest ever, probably our greatest ever player, um, and a player we thought we'd never see again in a red shirt. Um, returns to the club, first game is at home, full stadium, uh, which obviously is actually a remarkable thing right now. Um, doesn't just you know, come onto the pitch and play, but like scores two in a game that without him could easily not have been won. Um, you know, adoring fans cheering as he does his celebration. It's just such a wonderful moment. Um, so I am still kind of a little bit, uh, I don't know, awestruck by the fact that it's happened. You know, I'm still really happy about it. And I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in a red shirt, obviously. What do you reckon, Matt? I'm guessing you share those sentiments. I do, I do. I mean, it's one of those where uh, we, we've talked about it outside of this pod that I wasn't entirely sure about the Ronaldo transfer, like if it's the best thing for United. But you realise in this first game, uh, like I know we spent a fortune on Jaden Sancho, but like there are certain stars that are just like another level above, like in sort of their legendary status. And Cristiano Ronaldo is one of those players where you just sort of, you, you pay money uh, just to see him like do, do his do his stuff uh, beyond beyond just watching the football match. So uh, he's got that extra special factor, and what a perfect start! Uh, just scoring, well, scoring a, a ridiculous tap in, uh, but like it got him off the mark. And then uh, uh, his old tricks were out on show, and yeah, a nice nice finish for his uh, his second goal, and we won the game. It was uh, yeah, really promising of things to come. I mean, it just just makes football exciting again. It was re- it was really good. There was a lot of talk before the game about, and I think you mentioned this to me as well, Matt, about Man U's issue was a lack of creating chances rather than scoring those chances. But do you think Ronaldo just it doesn't really fit that problem so much? He's he's kind of beyond that. He just gets goals wherever he is, you know, whether or not there's great service. I think so. I mean, I think I think if United were to win the title, say this season. We might win it in like some of the old-fashioned Fergie way, where we we beat all the Newcastles uh, and then just try and scrape a draw against Chelsea. Because I can't see us having much of the ball against Chelsea, Man City, Liverpool, because because our midfield is got talent, but it doesn't have the structure that those those midfields have. Uh, so I think we'll still suffer there. But Ronaldo will mean that we can hopefully just bully and always squeak by against the, the, the teams you occasionally drop points against. Yeah, I think that's the thing, right? Is it, if you're logically trying to build a better Man United, the last thing you're going to do is sign Ronaldo. <laughs> like, he's just that good. That, um, like, clearly the, the weakness in the side is in the deep-line midfielders. Um, the fact that Fred makes it into our team He's, I mean, I can't think of another team in the entire league that would take him on a free. You know, he's just not good enough. But 
when, when, when Ronaldo is available, you compare what happened in this game to what happened in the Southampton game a few weeks ago. We won this one four one. We drew that one one all, and the difference was Ronaldo. So I think Matt's right that this this is the kind of a bit like Van Persie when we signed him for that last hurrah with with Fergie. Like he dragged us through games that we at times did not deserve to win, but because he was so good at scoring goals, made the difference in one of the games. I feel like Ronaldo's a bit like that. I feel it's like the equivalent of with the defensive midfielder issue at Man United of you dealing with your problem fifth midfielder on your bench, your 4.5 who isn't playing, or you could just spend your transfers, you know, maybe you've got two free transfers and you bring in a, an, an awesome premium or something like that. You know, it's, it's maybe not wasting the money that you have on, on things that's that possibly not as important. Yeah. It's more fun. Definitely yeah, more not, fun. It's not the way to actually win. Yeah. Yeah. It's not the most efficient. Um, so my, my football moment is probably a bit related to that. I was trying to do the match of the day challenge just because I think, was it last week that Torres went off with his two goals and assist and, or well, it was before the international break anyway. And as an Arsenal fan, having Torres in my team for the first couple of games of the season and then dropping him before uh, Man City played Arsenal and then watching the game with my Arsenal supporting fanatic mum we both just watched Torres kind of tear Arsenal apart and it was a pretty painful experience. Um, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, I'm traumatised by rethinking about that. I've completely forgotten what I was going to say. So, yeah, so match of the day. <laughs> this week, I was like, I'm not going to let it ruin my weekend if I have a bad game week. I played my wild card this weekend, so I thought, do match of the day challenge. Everyone will be in bed. I'll watch it. And if it goes badly, I'll just slump off to bed and and shake it off in the morning. But this time, I think I was driving somewhere about four o'clock and I was on my own, I was in the car and I was just like, I'll just check in, just see. And if it's going badly, I'll just turn the radio off again. And as I turned it on, Ronaldo, my captain, they were like, Ali scores his second goal pretty much as soon as I turned on the radio. And I was just like, oh yes, this is amazing. Um, Listen to the rest of the game. That's exactly what you want to hear if you crumble with the match of the day track challenge. Yeah, it's always nice to hear. First thing, first thing you hear is my captain scored a brace. I know. Yeah, yeah. that's literally what I turned on to find out. Okay, I'm happy now. <laughs> Big smile. Um, yeah, straight away. Um, but there's mentioned a mile wild card. I think you've wild carded as well, Matt. Do you want to talk us through your your team this week? Yeah, well, I gave from your ecstasy to my uh, depression uh, from having done a wild card. So I've I've done okay on a wild card, but. Um, uh, I'd spent all morning uh, drafting and redrafting right up to the deadline because uh, that was most of my free time I had to do this. Uh, and so I had all sorts of different teams in mind. Uh, and the last conundrum I wanted was I, I decided I wanted a really good defence, uh, uh, well, three, three-man three defence. And so I decided that I had to get Reguillon into my team. Like, he was obviously going to do well against Palace. Uh and he's, he's, I think he's their best defender by a, a, a distance and certainly better than Ben White, who uh, is in a struggling Arsenal team that I didn't really fancy having in my first 11. And so I, I rejigged my entire 11 to find the extra million to get Reguillon in. And then I, I tune in to the first game of the weekend, uh, Palace against Spurs. And 60 minutes, Tanganga decides to get himself sent off in the space of three minutes. And they lose 3-0. And I've got one point with Guion. And I just knew from that moment that Ben White was getting a clean sheet. There was just no, 
it was obviously going to happen and I was going to have full of regrets of why did I even press the wild card? What on earth was I? I already want to change my team uh, from before the, even the rest of the games had kicked off. I always, I seem to have already realised the error of my ways and how I, if I had my time again, I'd, I'd change my own wildcard team. So it's a classic bad start to a game week. Uh, but that was made better from Ronaldo, uh, captain, uh, getting that brace, which has meant that I've got a reasonable score. But yeah, uh, with Gruen's sort of differential player, so instantly that's, that's looked like a foolhardy decision. And Chelsea up next as well, right, for him? Yeah, yeah, it was really, uh, I was really banking on that clean sheet against Palace. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any players in particular you had to drop to fit in Reguilón? Um, so it didn't, it hasn't gone badly yet. I downgraded uh, Ferran Torres to Damari Gray to get him in. That was my, my way of doing it. So uh, luckily Torres didn't do anything, uh, well, th- this week at least. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes over the weeks ahead. We should say that we're recording before Leeds versus Liverpool and Everton v Burnley. So apologies for that, but getting us all with different time zones on a pod on the same weekend is always tricky and it's it's better to pod than not. So Matt, do you want to talk us through your wildcard your wildcard team? Sure. So uh I mean the I decided I had just enough need fixing my old team that it was worthy of a wild card and it's I do quite like playing early wild cards. Uh if possible, just to just to get the bench you want on those fringe players that you wouldn't otherwise bother taking a hit to transfer out. So uh, I I got Ronaldo in first and foremost uh, for Danny Ings because uh, I think that needed a doing of the swing and fixtures and obviously the arrival of, of Ronaldo and Lukaku and those big stars up front. Um, sold Fernandez for that, uh, and then so I've got Ronaldo and Antonio up front with uh, Dennis as my make weight cheapy. Uh, attacker uh, from from Watford, who I intend to sit on my bench most weeks. Uh, but it's nice to know that he plays, unlike Perica, who I had before, who had uh, left the country to play for a different different league. Uh, so that's uh, that improved that. And then across midfield is where I've tried to spend a lot of my money. So uh, I kept Greenwood, kept Salah, but I've gone for Damari Gray. He's my sort of cheap but looks okay in the Everton lineup and they've got good fixtures uh, player. Uh, Rafina fairly good fixtures Ooh, coming up. Getting a, getting a bit of feedback. Yeah, I'm getting feedback as well. Uh, I think that's me. I'm not getting it. So that's probably me. I'll mute and I'm not talking. That's sort of it. Thanks, Ali. Excellent. And then, the, so yeah, sorry, I said it got Gray in, got Rafina in and uh, got uh, Jota. Uh, as well across my midfield five uh, so I've got midfield five and a two up front usually um, and we haven't found out yet how Gray, Rafina or Jota and Salah have done but um, but Greenwood got an assist that's all right and then as I just talked about Reguillon was my big differential uh, certainly hasn't worked out yet but but you never know I think he's a good player he might get some assists as well as some clean sheets uh, and then Sean Alexander-Arnold and then I swapped my Brighton two goalkeepers for Watford two goalkeepers which uh, so far looks foolhardy, uh, but but hopefully they Watford have a good run of fixtures, so um, that that will make it up. Why did, you, bought... why did you prefer them over Brighton? Is it just the fixtures? Because they, uh, they haven't shown a huge amount, have they, defensively? Well, they haven't. I think I've been overly swayed by their opening day, where I watched the highlights of that, and they've played really well. And then ever since then, and I think they, they didn't concede. It's a difficult to beat against Spurs, so I thought. And their championship form was where they were a really good defensive outfit. 
uh, Watford. So I thought with a good run of fixtures, that's probably a couple of clean sheets in there and some save points. And uh, I mean, Brighton equally, I think some of the stats for Sanchez look okay. But I thought on a wild card, I'll swap it over for the good fixtures and maybe that'll give me an edge on other players. But um, but unfortunately, it hasn't worked just yet because uh, Sanchez got a clean sheet and uh, Buckman didn't. Uh, and then yeah, just filled out my bench with Livermento and Brandon Williams. So the swapped out, I had to get Simicas out and I had to get uh, Amati out because they uh, their times in the first team were up. So I'm pleased to at least manage to do that as well. So what's your conundrum? Is, is Reggion on the chopping block straight away or are you going to look at Antonio or maybe bench Antonio? So uh, the conundrum is actually yeah, what to do with Antonio um because that late red card uh very frustrating uh i mean he's played my team beforehand wasn't going anywhere uh but but now i've got I mean, how much is he worth to me he's worth uh eight million you can you can afford a decent striker but then i didn't i didn't hadn't really planned on that one that move so do I, do I just wait it out is the I'm question the same. we can talk about it in our topics later i think it, i'm sure it's going to come up yeah um, okay, nice one. What do you reckon, Andy? Oh, you're muted. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, what, do you, what do I reckon about Antonio? What do I reckon about the Matt's team as a whole? Matt's wildcard team, yeah. Uh, it's pretty similar to my team, so <laughs> I think it's quite good. Um, <laughs> he's, he's got, I, I've also got Bachman and Dennis, and I've transferred in Ronaldo, um, although I didn't have him this week. Uh, for Fernandez, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Of, there's just a lot of similarities. So, um, I'm I've I've got I haven't played my wild card yet, but there's a lot of. I think if I had played my wild card this week, then a lot of what I haven't got would, but Matt's now got would also have been in my team. So, in terms of the interestingness of our league, it's probably good that I didn't play my wild card this week. <laughs> Is it something you're thinking about next week, or are you going to hold off for a little while? Um, well, my my. I decided I was very, very close to doing it just to get Ronaldo in, but I decided to like stick to my guns. So from, since the start of the season, I've had this idea in my head that I'm going to play my wild card in game week seven and bring a lot of Chelsea players in, including Lukaku, for their amazing run. So that's like the use I'm going to get out of my wild card. And I thought I, I'm going to play head over heart here, and I'm not going to bring in Ronaldo, and that's worked really well. <laughs> <laughs> but at least Fernandez got some points for you, right? Yeah, he was captain. He got 16 points, so eight times two, 16. Um, and he scored a wonder goal. So, I mean, I can't really complain. 16 isn't a bad score for a captain. It's just that Ronaldo got more. And we don't know what's happening with penalties yet on Ronaldo or Fernandez. Do you do you have a, a guess at what Solskjaer's going to do with that? Well, the, um, the sort of word on the grapevine is that Fernandez has... Um, put a stake in the ground and said Ronaldo can have penalties, but he wants to keep free kicks. Okay, well, I mean, it's not a lot, is it? I mean, Ronaldo never scores free kicks, does he? He just blasts them over the bar. Well, he also shoots from free kicks that no one else shoots from, so it's not really a fair comparison. Yeah, it's true. Um, yeah, well, from Do you know, here's the thing. Last, last season, um, apart from James Ward-Prowse, Nobody scored more than one free kick. Oh, really? Oh, wow. So I think the the frequency with which free kicks are scored is kind of overplayed. Yeah, the same with Trent, and 
his 7.5 you know price tag is part of those free kicks but is it worth it we'll have to we'll have to see um what else is happening in your team andy and what's your kind of conundrums my team's a bit of a mess, to be honest with you. Um, I I love that it's have... similar to Matt's wildcard team. And you're saying it's a bit of a mess. It's not what similar to my wildcard team. That was outrageous slander of my wildcard team. It will be next week once once my my, once my double hit has come through. <laughs> I've played a double hit this week. So um, what I've done is I've uh, I, I've been carrying Sancho because I just wanted to not be wrong. Um, but he has not hit the ground running. So I finally got rid of him uh, for next week. This week, my team was Sanchez and goal um, with Bachman on the bench. There's, there's another similarity. Um, I kept a Marte and Suyunshu. Um, Alexander-Arnold and Ailing have yet to play. Got Sancho, Salah, Fernandez, Jota and Benrahma. So of course, Benrahma blanked. Fernandez got, got his goal. And then Ings up front, who blanked. Um, I've got White, Dennis, Nobapemi on the bench. So um, not a great week for me so far, 30 points in total, but obviously I've still got three big hitters yet to play. Um, but they're three big hitters that everybody has, so I won't be catching anybody else up. Um, so yeah, my, my transfers are, uh, for next week, I've got um, Damari Gray in for um, Sancho. Um, I've got Ronaldo in up front instead of Ings. And I've got Greenwood in for um, Fernandez. And that's an eight-point hit? Uh, yeah, three transfers, so that's an eight-point hit. Okay. And I've actually also got loads of money in the bank because obviously Sancho down to Gray is a huge saving. So the idea is that I'll spend that money to get rid of a Marte and of a Femi from my bench. Nice. What do you reckon, Matt? Do you think that's fair enough? I mean, he's, he's moving towards my wildcard team, so I, it's, it's hard to to knock the transfers. Um, and I, I think the yeah, where where Andy's team at the moment is maybe struggling is that um, Amati and not not playing. So that's like another job to do uh, that you, you haven't done yet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but then. Um, I've got my. Uh, I've only got two more two more weeks before the the, the time that I wanted to play my wild card anyway, right? So um, I think I can probably carry a couple of bench warmers that aren't playing for a couple of weeks, given that everybody else has pretty good. Like the, the, my players who are going to be on the pitch have a pretty good run during that time. I think you're right. I think it's not worth wild carding into a similar team that you've got already when you're planning on doing it for the fixture swing in seven. So I, I'm kind of with you there. And it's early on in the season. You can catch some price rises with some hits. Ronaldo, I'm sure, is going to go up, you know, quicker than any player we've seen in a long time. So, yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. My my team, I played my world card as well. Um, I've got Sanchez in goal, uh, Dina, who's yet to play, Trent, Marcel from Wolves, Jota, Salah, Torres, Rafinha, and up front, it's Ronaldo, Bamford, and Antonio. Um, on the bench, I've got Steele from Brighton, Livramento, Sissoko, and Williams. Um, so I'm pretty chuffed with it so far, but I've got a lot of players still to play. I think my big, my big thing, which I'm ha most happy with, is Marcel. I think I was doing what Matt was doing, you know, the night before and the morning of 
uh, playing the wild card. Cody had been in my team for about a week uh, or, you know, in my planned team for about a week. And I, I hadn't had time to think about those small details. And then on Friday night, um, my wife was out. I just got a takeaway, sat there with a beer and I managed to look at the the little details. And I just thought, Marcel, it's the same price as Cody. He's a wing back playing with, you know, back three and he's wing back. And I looked at his stats and his accuracy of crossing was pretty appalling, which you saw because both of the crosses um, I mean, didn't find their men. <laughs> I was waiting for my time to say I was so annoyed at Marcel when I saw him on the match of the day. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't think one of them was an assist. I think uh, there was no, too many touches of like players yeah. afterwards. Scrambling. And the other one was across to the Watford centre back, who nicely slotted it in the corner of his own net um, with with very little <laughs> pressure on him, and he got an assist for that. That's outrageous. Do you know what? This is karma, though, Matt. Because wasn't it was it Matt Lowton last season or the season oh, before yes. who who got a? Uh, oh no, it was Eric Peters two seasons ago, who got an assist and a clean sheet from putting in a cross for someone scoring an own goal. And then next season, it was another Burnley player, Matt Lowton, who scored his first goal in however many years. And you <laughs> brought them in both weeks and I brought in Charlie Taylor and someone else, probably Ben Mee. And this is this is payback for that. The karma. Yeah, because I thought, well, I mean, Marcel's great, but he doesn't. he's not going to get many assists like Sergio Aguillon will get. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have I've lucked out massively on Marcel, but I think when you compare him to Cody, just but because of his position, it's less secure in the team. But he's going to be further up the pitch, and things like that might happen a bit more often. And uh, the stats for Wolves are pretty good defensively, even though they haven't had a good start to the season. You know they're up there with Man City and Chelsea in terms of chances uh, conceded. So that's why I wanted to go there and. Cody's just so dull. You're not going to get anything other than maybe a couple of bonus points. So that's what I want for Marcel. My big conundrum is Antonio, which we'll come to. And yeah, apart from that, I'm pretty happy. Um, Wolves are you... an interesting one for me. Like yeah. um, it's a, I, that, that thing you just said about them having the best stats defensively really surprises me because all of the, the write-ups of their style of play is like, Bruno Lager's got them playing really attacking football, like pedal to the metal, no defensive mm. like thought in their mind. Like, I'm quite surprised to hear that. I think it's because he's inherited um, Nuno's system. And I think normally, previously at Benfica, he wouldn't have played that system. But I think he's, he's inherited something that works quite well defensively and he's trying to add something attacking-wise to that. That's my take on it. So it might ebb away over time as as often happens when an attacking coach takes over from a more defensive one. But at the moment, whilst it's a back three, I think it's working a bit better. Yeah, well, Moyes-Martinez equation. Exactly, yeah. My question, Duncan, would be, um, what do you think about Ferran Torres? And I think you've earned, you've had three of the four game weeks so far this season. <laughs> <laughs> I've had him for a two, a three, and a three, and I missed out on that 18-point haul. Um, <laughs> yeah well do you know what I think I was telling you this Matt I think it was the day after he he scored those goals and I transferred him out before he got them I brought him back in for a hit like straight away I was like I'm not losing value on this player he's my player and I will <laughs> redeem it so I'm, it's going to be like Andy and Sancho I'm going to stick with him until until you know it's just 
everyone else has ditched him. I just he, he, you worried about the rotation? He just got 60 minutes. In. I know, he's had two 60 minutes, so it's so close to a 59-minute substitution, which is sad. But I just think it's worth the risk because it's potentially you're getting a Man City number nine for between 60 and 90 minutes or, you know, 30 minutes at the end of the game when another team is tired. And we don't know, I would say, for sure, who's got penalties yet for Man City. Um, is it De Bruyne? Is it, you know, was Aguero potentially when he was there, but he's not there anymore? Um, Mahrez is good awful. Gundogan it could be, or Sterling. I mean, Sterling and Mahrez's penalties are just, oh, yeah, painful to watch sometimes. But who knows, Pep might give it to Torres to try and G him up. And he's doing so well internationally for Spain, you know, picking up goals in every game I see he plays for them. So I'm going to stick with him. And Southampton at home at next, I'm pretty chuffed with that. And his price, like um, he's he's at that price where if he only gets 60 minutes or 30 minutes here and there, I'm, I'm kind of okay with that. The only issue is, same as you, Matt, I've gone for the Brandon Williams and Liveramento 4.0 kind of combination as my backup on the bench. So I don't have a lot of, I've got a two-pointer coming in, but I mean, that's the risk you take, isn't it? I think it's worth it for Man City. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, mean, I almost had him in my team. Um, so yeah, I, it's hard to argue against that. I think the, the issue is, which we'll come to later, is when you mix him with players like Yotta and Greenwood, which we, I will be doing, or I, I have done, that's where it can get a bit of an issue. If he's, if he's your only rotation risk, then fair enough. But if you've got two or three, which I've toyed with, then you're, you may be in trouble. Should we move on to topics then? First up is um, what to do with Antonio. Um, so, Matt, do you want to kick off with your first thoughts on your Antonio plan? Well... So my first thought is is naturally to just to wait it out for one game week, and I've got a playing bench now, um, so I can can afford to do so. Um, the who would come in? Uh, so I mean, I've got I've got potentially Dennis against Norwich, um, or if I fancy Norwich to win, I could play Brandon Williams instead. Um, so that's not awful. Um, uh, and then so and then it avoids having to do the transfer for it. Cause, Ideally, the, the game week after wildcard, I'd, I'd like to save a transfer, particularly because I know that people like Andy and others will be playing their wildcard around the fixture swing for Chelsea and Man City. And so I'd like to have that spare transfer in the bank ready to jump on some of those Chelsea and, and Man City assets just when I worked out which ones are guaranteed starters. You'd still um, have that though, right? If you made a transfer next week, game week five, you could wait in game week six and have two for game week seven. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I mean, so the other ones I was thinking of during my wild card, because uh, I was thinking of upgrading a Dennis, uh, was uh, to go for, well, Pookie, because Norwich actually have a good run coming up. But uh, I decided that them not having scored a goal basically this season uh, <laughs> put me off slightly. Uh, I'm not sure if they're going to be like the Norwich of two seasons ago or if they're going to be a better version of Norwich uh, this year yet. Um, the other one I was. Uh, yeah, can I stretch up to a Calvert-Lewin? Um, question mark. I mean, they play tomorrow, so if he keeps up his goal-scoring boots, 
then that's a good one. But again, I'm I'm out of budget because he's just very slightly more, uh, and so that would be a hit to get Calvert Lewin for me, which is is not so tempting. Um, who would you drop to bring him in? Well, yeah, there's the question mark of that because I mean, I basically I've I've cheaped out of all my fringe players already, so I can't find just point two million very easily. Um, so that's definitely a bit of a headache um, that I probably won't go to. Um, and then the other one we were thinking of, uh, what I was thinking of, is I had gambled on how bad Crystal Palace would be uh, picking uh, Rigrion. But uh, a Mr. Edward came in, a six and a half million pound striker, uh, and scored two goals on debut in just a few minutes and looked, looked pretty hot. So I could maybe switch to him. Worried about fixtures, though, because w- would I really transfer him in for Liverpool away? Um, or do I want to wait a bit to see he how he does? He didn't that. start as well. I don't think he started because he was sort of on debut and they're just trying to work into their system a little bit. Like, um, having, having watched a bit of it, uh, like he, he just seems like a, a better Benteke. Uh, so uh, Benteke does a certain role in the team, but Zaha crossed it into him. He just seemed to have that sort of killer finish um, in a way that most Palace players don't have that killer finish um, on them. So I think he could be a real asset to them, potentially. It's so tricky, isn't it? Yeah, like you say, Liverpool away... Leicester, maybe less of a challenge at the moment, but yeah, and then he'd be coming up. But then game week eight, they do have Arsenal, so (laughs) that's true. And Antonio's just out for one week, and he's yeah, when he gets back, he's in an arrested Antonio, and he's always that injury risk that you have in the back of your mind. So maybe it's a good thing for him in the long run, yeah, yeah. He was on international duty as well, wasn't he, for Jamaica, and he's got those hamstrings. I think if you can. If you can play Dennis against Norwich, that's kind of why you brought him in, isn't it? He's why he's your first sub. That's I'd right. Say, I'd say use him. Yeah. What about yourself? I am. Um, I'm toying. I, I'm the same as you. It's kind of. It's so annoying because he was probably one of the few players that just shows up the inflexibility of my wildcard team. Um, him and those two 4.0 defenders. Um, there's not a huge amount of places to go I'd love DCL for his fixtures coming in you know Norwich at home in a couple of game weeks time even Aston Villa at the moment they seem to be in not the best kind of shape but for a hit and then how long would I be keeping him for because Everton's fixtures they're all right but there's Man United in there there's Tottenham Man City Liverpool on the horizon um I don't know for a hit I'd probably get rid of um Maybe oh, it's so hard. <laughs> I mean, my entire team is fairly inflexible now. Looking at it, the player that I would sensibly drop would be sensible to drop for a four-point hit. Bring in DCL, drop Torres. That would be probably what you might do, Matt, or Ben might do. You know, you you didn't bring in Torres to your wildcard team because of the rotation risk. Um, but as I've said, I've kind of put my na- my colours nailed to the mast on him so and I'm keen to get some actual points from him so I, I'm looking more at players like Jimenez just because I hate wasting transfers and even if Jimenez didn't return in the first three weeks his fixtures are, are good until game week 14 you know he doesn't play a top six team until game week 15 and Liverpool and um, 
he's one of those players who's fairly cheap and could just sit there. You know, did he take penalties totally away from Neves or was he sharing them last time he was fit? I can't remember, but I, I know he was taking some penalties. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm nervous about Jimenez until he starts scoring again. Like, is it is it the him and Jimenez of old? I know. The part of it is also great fixtures, big differential because his ownership is so low. Potentially, there's some pens if they get a penalty, you know, with Traore or something like that, Trincao. Then maybe they give it him just to kind of set him off. But um, it's not great when you have basically one option as far as I can see to downgrade to I don't think I'd be going to Edward and players that I did imagine would be there to fit into my structure are players like Wilson who's now I think it was a hamstring or something like that um DCL I kind of thought oh you know maybe if I need to bring him in I I can spend two transfers and bring someone else out but and it's kind of it for me like I, I can't see a huge amount I don't really fancy players like Adam Armstrong or, or Chris Wood at the moment because um, I think I get stuck with them for too long. So I'm kind of veering towards um, Jimenez and I don't think I can I don't think I can bring in anyone else. And yeah, if I took a hit, I could I could bring in Greenwood and transfer Antonio out for someone like Scarlett and go for a three-five-two. That might be quite tempting. Like Greenwood in, I know I've just got rid of him, which is a bit sad. I'll lose the money I made on him. But I think I was worried that he was going to get dropped with Ronaldo coming in. But he's the man in form at the moment, isn't he? So maybe it's maybe it's worth it to change system. And there's a lack of striking options now in the mid-price range. So maybe I just go with Bamford. What, what would you do of those options, Andy? Um, I would go Bamford because Leeds have a really nice run of fixtures. Don't they? I've, um, I've got Bamford. Got, I've got Bamford so it's already. Bamford and Antonio alongside Ronaldo. So it's who, whether okay. I drop Antonio for a 4.5 and bring in Greenwood for a five man midfield, or whether I drop Antonio for Jimenez. Um, well, I would go for Greenwood over Jimenez, I think, at the moment. I totally agree with Matt about. That being a, he's just a big question mark at the moment. I don't think you can say for sure. And if it, as soon as he starts scoring, everyone else will bring him in too. So the the risk just get like a one week jump on everybody else doesn't seem worth it to me. Um, like that 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 price range. I mean, you didn't mention Richardson. I suppose you could could look at him. Um, but just without yeah, penalties. Just, yeah, even for a hit. Even for a hit, yeah. Like I say, I think if you if, if you're if your other option is Jimenez, I just don't don't really rate that. It, obviously, I rate Jimenez as a player, but I just think, like Matt said, he's too much of a risk right now. Fair enough. Um, next up is Chelsea. Um, so they've got they've got some f- tough fixtures until their fixtures swing in game week seven. But some players may be thinking about wildcarding now in game week five. A lot of people have got West Ham players and Man United players. They're playing each other next game week. And, you know, there's a couple of other fixtures where teams that we set up at the start of the season might have a tough game week five. Players might not have Ronaldo or Lukaku in. So if you're going to go early on Chelsea before game week seven, which players from Chelsea would you bring in? And 
Um, what's your Chelsea strategy? Start with you, Andy. Well, my Chelsea strategy is to play my wild card in week seven. So um, to uh, just kind of put that out there. But I think if you're going to go early, I mean, the obvious answer would have been Lukaku until Ronaldo came into the frame. I think it's really, really difficult to have both of those players, isn't it? So that then forces you to go a bit more, a bit further afield. Um, with them, with those two though, as some people are saying with Firmino's injury, maybe Yotta can be your Salah replacement, and then you go with Ronaldo and Lukaku up front, and they just just leave them in there basically. And you could do that, have a midfield of like mid-range attacking midfielders. I'm thinking very hard for my World Cup. I'm thinking very hard about that. Is like just not having. Uh, a top price midfielder and I've never done that before and I'm a bit nervous about it. Yeah. Um, anyway, the, uh, the, the, I mean, you've basically got to make big sacrifices, haven't you, to get the Kaku and Ronaldo up front. So um, for anybody who's not willing to take that sacrifice um, and also, or, or indeed sacrifice Ronaldo to get the Kaku, um, the attacking options are pretty, pretty tricky after that because of the rotation, the likelihood of rotation. The only one I'd really trust I think it's Mason Mount because he seems to be the most important player in that midfield. For um, I was going to say that as well, but but he didn't start. He didn't play a minute against. Um, who were they playing this week? He he didn't even come on the pitch for the first time in ages. Well, obviously showing importance because uh, he doesn't want to uh, tire him out in an easy game, does he? Again, <laughs> who was it? <laughs> oh, Villa. But the thing is with Mount, it wasn't that he has a high ceiling. It's that he was. He was a favoured player that would play fairly consistently, but if that's not going to be the case now, Ziyech is back. You know, Pulisic is potentially an option. Havertz, maybe he's going to rotate those two behind Lukaku a bit more now. Yeah, you could be right. In which case, even Mount then isn't isn't certain, is he? So, um, I guess that the, the overall point I was making is that it's really hard to pick. Right, I've just proven my proven that point. That <laughs> it's really really hard to pick who to pick the other the other Chelsea attackers. So I think uh, my 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 actual advice here is to look at the defenders rather than the attackers. Um, I think that um, Alonso seems to be playing at the moment, and obviously he's got a, a long and storied history of being like one of the highest score, like highest attacking returns for a defender. So um, he's he's played. He's only missed five minutes so far in the entire season, and that was in the the opening game against Palace. So should that stay, I think um, he's a really really good pick. Um, and he's at what 5.7 now, which obviously that when, when he was the last time he was regularly in the team, he was valued at 7.5, same as Alexander is Alexander Arnold is right now, but at 5.7, that's a lot, lot lower and potentially the same, same returns. Quite easy to um, switch to um Chilwell at the same price if Chilwell starts over him after that. Yeah, they are the same price right now, aren't they? So that's another really good point because you can kind of switch in and out if you but obviously that that costs you transfers if. If they end up rotating, that's really hard. Um, but if assuming one of them now is down the spot, which right now is Alonso, I think either of them are pretty good value. Um, the other defensive player that I think is good value is uh, I think um, Matt mentioned him offline was Christensen um, at five point naught. I think um, he's also yeah, he didn't play this week, but he's played the previous three um, to ninety minutes. And at five point naught for a Chelsea defender with the quality of their defence, that's a potential bargain if he comes back next week. So I'll be looking out for him when it's wildcard time. A Chelsea basically turning into Man City is too sure, too cool, just rotating kind of 
like like Pep does? And is it just you've got to find maybe Rudiger is the one player who plays most games, and that's him and Lukaku and the goalkeeper's kind of it? It could be. They're, with the amount of money they've spent recently and the, the number of good players they have in every position, like it does kind of make sense to rotate frequently. But So I think, um, yeah, if, uh, if that happened, it wouldn't be surprising, would it? Yeah. What do you reckon, Matt? If people are wildcarding this week, should they bring in Chelsea players to save some transfers later on? If so, who? Yeah, and I think Lukaku's definitely a real tempter. Um, he's a million cheaper than Ronaldo. And fixtures do swing a bit, so you could potentially trade a Ronaldo for a Lukaku in a few weeks' time, and that would be a sensible thing to do with the head. I'm not sure if you could do it with the heart right now, even um, with Ronaldo's start. Uh, Reese James is the other one I'm really, really keen on. Uh, and I was just doing a little mock-up of my team, and in three transfers, I could, I could ditch Jota and Trent uh, and get in Reese James, Lukaku, sorry, and uh, and uh, Ditch Antonio. And get Lukaku, Gallagher, the cheapo from um, Crystal Palace, and James in, and that would uh, that would be affordable. And I quite like the look of that team for a few weeks' time. Um, it'd have no Man City assets for their fixture swings as well. But um, yeah, uh, I think James and Lukaku are my favourite ones. Mendy, if you wanted guaranteed minutes, uh, Christensen was definitely my wildcard plans at five million. But then uh, he got dropped, and so that just really put me off him straight away. I think. Um, I think, as you were saying, Tuchel is, is going to rotate so much and it's going to be quite tough to uh, to pick a team each week. This Man City fixture swing you've mentioned a couple of times, I'm not sure I'd, I'd buy it. Um, like from game week six, they've got Chelsea, Liverpool, then Burnley, Brighton, Crystal Palace, but then Man United and Everton. So in that, like, um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games, they've got Chelsea, Liverpool and Man United in, in that run. So I think after they've played Liverpool, you've got, yeah, Burnley, Brighton, Palace in a row. That's a pretty nice three. Obviously, you do have United after that. But then Everton at home, I know it's, yeah, March is a difficult, on the fixture difficulty rating, but is it really uh, for Man City? So I think I think they get they get more tempting. The thing is, with Man City, Ferran Torres is a, is a quite a good one, potentially, as we discussed earlier. Uh, but who are the other Man City ones to go for at the moment? Uh, they've got rotation Diaz. problems too. Diaz, you know, just for the fact that he's going to play most of the games and they're the best defence, well, one of the top two defences in the league, I think, for me. It's boring. Ch- it's, it's the Cody pick, but at least he's going to get more clean sheets. Just churn out Quite the clean sheets. sheets. Jesus has played well this season, hasn't he? He is, but as soon as he loses form, Pep's going to bring in Mares on the right wing, isn't he? What you could do with seen is over the next couple of weeks is someone like Grealish to really start nailing down a bit of an essential role in the Man City team. Um, but I don't think he's quite got that yet. Um, he's certainly not putting the points up. Well, we've got a bit of time, like you say, until those, those fixtures do swing. What about the debate with Ronaldo and Lukaku? Matt, for you, do you think it's viable to have both or... Are you going to just go based on fixes? You're going to say Ronaldo until game week seven or so, then Lukaku until game week, is it 13, when Man United's fixtures just go absolutely crazy? Um, so I am very tempted to try and go for the both option um, and maybe even the three, the three hitter, the three big premiums, uh, which I think is just about affordable. Uh, 
if they keep up scoring braces, both of them each week, uh, it's just going to be worth it, right? Uh, but there's a, that, that big but is that realistically, it's going to be very difficult, isn't it? And so I think the sensible thing to do is probably the thing that Ben is thinking of doing. He's gone Lukaku already, even though he's a Man U fan. Uh, Lukaku's a million cheaper. We'll have that fixture swing for Chelsea. Uh, and I think that when we maybe grind out the wins more, more consistently than Ronaldo will. But is that Ronaldo factor at the moment? We're not quite sure on. So I, I think Lukaku's the more sensible one week to week. But I think Ronaldo's probably more explosive. I think for me, it kind of depends on who gets penalties because I'm not sure at the moment Ronaldo's going to have all the penalties. I'm not sure that Lukaku's going to be on penalties for Chelsea. You know, if Jorginho's on the pitch and stuff like that. I think getting braces and hat-tricks kind of depends on you having penalties quite a lot of the time, you know, if you're going to do that reliably. So if one of them does and one of them doesn't, I think that's going to sway, swing things for me quite a bit, especially when they have tougher fixtures. I'm not sure yeah. I agree with you there. I, I, I think there aren't going to be as many penalties this season. So the value of penalties, I think, obviously the last couple of seasons has been huge. I think it's a trend that's going to be not, not just won't be as many of them, so it won't be as valuable this season. So, more a higher percentage of the goals are going to be from open play as a result. I'm just, I'll be gutted for Man United because that's their biggest tactic, just get in the box and dive. So, I don't know what's going to happen to you. Well, yeah, that obviously, yeah, that obviously showed up against Leeds and, and Newcastle, didn't it? <laughs> um, should we have a look at the listeners' league and see how, how people are getting on there? Let's do it. Um, Okay, so I'll have a look at the... I don't know why, but I'm going to start with the top 20. How about that? Um, no, I won't really. Okay, I've made it into the top 20, but it's the game week isn't even <laughs> finished yet, so I, I won't mention that. And like we said, we're, we're not at the end of the game. We've got two more games to go, but in fifth place, we've got Paul Hogarty with George Can't Stand You. Um, third, fourth place, we've got Minty Vomit, Lovely name from Richard Barnett. Joint third, it's Sari Bout Your Luck with Brandon Krebs White. Second place, My Little Tony. <laughs> Father Ted reference, I like that one. Um, by Nathan Cox. And in first place, still I think, it's Finton Hogan with Havertz, bit of that. Have a quick look at his team. So Sanchez, Veltman, Shaw, uh, both returning, waiting for Trent, Greenwood doing well, uh, Ronaldo captaincy, and he's not on wild card. He took a took a four point hit um, this week, uh, brought in Ronaldo, and he's got a team that's kind of comparable to a wild card team. So Jota came in, Ronaldo came in, Ings and Fernandez went out. A very kind of template style, and I feel like the template is really really strong at this start of the season more than most, you know, people switching those, those exact transfers, you know, Ings out, um, Jota and Ronaldo in for Fernandes. Um, but I'm sure things will change. And especially like Andy's saying with that game week seven fixture swing and potentially more wild cards, then hopefully um, those who've gone early, like me and Matt, will kind of teams will diverge a bit more. Yeah, I okay. imagine you'll have the um, there, there there'll be three camps right after that after that wild card. There'll be the Lukaku camp, the Ronaldo camp, and the both camp. 
and then the rest of everybody's teams will just follow logically from that original decision. Yeah, I think that's exactly how it's going to go. Should we say goodbye for the hundredth time? Um, if you don't already follow us on Twitter, we're at FPLFFFanatics. And if you like the show, please rate and review us wherever you listen to us. Um, apologies that we're not around every week at the moment. It is tricky with um, people across different time zones, different childcare responsibilities, all that kind of stuff. But we love it when we do it and we hope you enjoy it when we do. Um, yeah, it just leaves me to say thank you for your insight, Andy. Uh, always a pleasure and, uh, and bring on more goals for Ronaldo because Ben hasn't got him. Oh, yeah. We haven't mentioned that. <laughs> uh, thank you for your insight, Matt. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm hoping for that McGuion cross to, uh, I don't know, somehow injure Lukaku and get a goal for Cheltenham next week. Yeah, I look, <laughs> I look forward to that likely thing happening. It's probably <laughs> as likely as Marcel getting two assists this week. <laughs> Speak to you soon, guys. See you, guys. Thank you.